mental building, hiding in the shadows so I can keep an eye on the street below. Alfred says I have trouble with intimacy, but people often die when they get close to me. I'm kicking and punching. Alright, hello everyone. Welcome back to the DC3 Glee Batman and Robin Eternal Bot podcast. Uh, belated. Um, sorry for the delay. We had to take a break over the Christmas holiday. Um, but we're back and today we're going to be discussing discussing issues 12 and 13. It's been um, an I'm, eternity. It held, man. He did it. <laughs> I get it. Thank you, uh, Brian. Uh, joined by... Once again, by Brian and Vince, I'm Zach, and um, I guess we'll uh, go ahead and kick off by talking about issue 12, which I think we'll all agree is um, slightly the, the less interesting of the, of the two, but we'll go ahead and go through it. As always, a brief uh, recap of what happened in the issue, and we will be talking about spoilers. So if you haven't read the issue yet, it's been two weeks, you've had a chance, but if, if you still haven't... Um, Now's your time to pause the podcast, go read it, and then come back. Um, so this issue picks up pretty much right where Eleven uh, ends off with Dick and the sculptor about to mind meld, even though it's dangerous, uh, with the hypnos and all. And oh, I guess I should mention this issue was once again scripted by Ed Brisson and Javier Pina and Goran Suzuka are on art. And uh, Suzuka, he was on, he did Wonder Woman with... Wonder Woman back up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. But I think uh, it must be the inker on this one because it looks neither... I, I couldn't really make out either of the artists in this one, I think, because the the inking seemed a lot different. But anyway... Um, we get the mind meld and they go through a, a trippy kind of uh, mindscape scene and end up with Sculptor as a child. We see where Mother um, comes and takes her for the first time and we find out that she is the Eve to, to David's Adam. She's the first one of the first two of Mother's children and uh, Mother has specific plans for her in terms of her plans. She's going to use her telepathic abilities and, and, you know, her sculpting of the children. Um, We get a bit more background on David Kane, how he's pretty much just a really rotten guy all the way through. Um, Get a bit more, get a bit of a closer look at the sculptor's past um, and how she has kind of had a, a change of heart. She's seen, all the shareable things that mother's done and she, her, her usefulness is kind of at an end. And so she wants to take this chance to make things right. That's why she's come to, to Dick and Harper. Um, so, uh, a lot of expository dialogue. We get a big info dump in this issue. So we'll just skip ahead to when we find out about Bruce's meeting with mother and it goes down. It's pretty much, you know, Dick's worst nightmare. Uh, mother offers him a a child that will be pretty much everything that Bruce is, 
and everything that Dick's kind of not. And uh, it seems that not only does Bruce accept, but he wants to take an active part in creating the child, which goes back to what we saw in the first issue. And, of course, Dick is really bothered by this. And uh, he kind of has almost like a a recap of the or a, a return to the to the fear gas uh, hallucination he had of of Bruce as Batman telling him that he's a disappointment and a mistake. Um, then he wakes up and we find out that this is actually all a dream. Skulther was never there, but we're led to assume that everything that she told us is true. And the issue leaves off with Dick and Harper going off to find the rest of Mother's children. They're in danger, and we get a few pages of a bunch of dead bloody bodies and bloody footprints leading to um, the final page of Cass covered in blood and huddled in a little little nook in the cave and that's where that's where we end off nicely done so what do you guys think well huh. I you said this issue was an info dump, and I feel like that's a an apt term to use for it. Um, I because of our off week, I read these two issues back to back, and thirteen is the much more dynamic issue, and I ended up remembering less about this issue. Um, I mean, I guess I guess there's some revelation in it, but. Do we do we think that much of that was actually true or occurred as he's learning? I mean, do do we think that what he's seeing is actually what occurred? I don't know. Um, here's my problem with that. I understand why the sculptor would have a lot of this information because she was, you know, mother's right hand woman or whatever. But I feel like I don't know why she would have this private conversation between Bruce and mother, like committed to memory. Right. And so I don't know if that's supposed to be a clue that this is something that mother told her or if this is a lot of presumption. It just seems to me like there'd be no reason for her to know that. Right. It's an info dump. Yes, it's an info dump. Um, so to answer your question, I don't know how much of it I actually believe. I think that everything that she tells Dick about happened in one way or another. But I don't think that necessarily the Bruce we're seeing is actually Bruce Wayne. I'm, yeah. st- I'm still kind of on that train that Maybe this isn't actually the Bruce we know. See, I I felt that way too. And so I feel like this issue is going to be a huge, like, I get that it's supposed to get us to buy into the idea that Bruce made a huge mistake. But I don't buy it for a second. And when when this is all undone or explained, I'm going to end up feeling like this issue was a huge waste. That's fair. That sounds really that sounds really negative, but like it just you know, things get back on track in issue thirteen and, and this issue is just more or less like like I'm not buying what they're selling me 
Well, to, to, to me, this issue is is the worst part of a weekly comic. They recognize that they're lagging a little bit behind, so they have to info dump all this story. They put two artists together who don't necessarily complement each other all that well. They're both fine artists, but they're not necessarily complementary styles, and everything just feels rushed and a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. And then issue 13 is like more of exactly what I want from Batman and Robin Eternal. I know we're, I'm getting ahead of our, I shouldn't even be talking, I shouldn't be comparing the two, but I can't help it, you know. I understand what you're saying, though. Yeah. I do. Um, Zach, you gave us the, the sort of rundown, but then you've been kind of quiet. What did you think about the issue? You know, I, I've been quiet just because I, I didn't really have a lot of thoughts about the issue. Um, it kind of just, you know, whereas 11, I think there was a bit more, um, there's a bit more meat there. I, I think seeing some of the stuff about Cass was more interesting than learning about David and the sculptor and even this revelation about Bruce is really nothing more than that that we haven't already kind of like speculated or imagined based on what they've already given us it was kind of just reinforcing that Um, so it didn't really feel that important if that makes sense we also don't know if the sculptor is going to be important or not this could be just an issue dedicated to a character that we're never going to see again in a few issues. Well, and I kind of almost got that impression the way she's just kind of like, you know, hopping out. She's kind of, you know, trying to save her own skin, get away from mother, you know, escape mother basically so much so that she wasn't actually like present for the two issues, you know, she did it remotely or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I don't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see her character again. And if that's the case, why do we waste one twenty-sixth of the series on a character we're never going to see again? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I did, Yeah. It, there wasn't a lot to gain from this issue. I don't think. Unfortunately. You guys all have your one thing you want to share about the issue. I do. You you guys go first because I've got one that neither of you will take if you take my first one. <laughs> okay. Um, Zach, go ahead. Okay. Um, well, it's interesting. My one thing, I don't know if it would have still been my one thing if I hadn't read issue 13 as well. But the the final scene with Cass, are we supposed to take that as she was responsible for killing all of these children or she was fleeing this kind of like massacre and she just got away. When I finished the issue, I thought she had killed them all. Uh But I think this is kind of a flash to when she falls into that pit of all the kids. Okay. Um, At least that's the impression that I got reading it a second time or or rather reading the next reading 13 right afterwards. I I think I agree with that because you you see her kind of um, like run her fingers along the wall and then she looks at her hands and they're covered in blood in thirteen and when you see her in in twelve she kind of has the same expression I don't really know when like there's not a convenient time in the time frame for that to happen really 
Yeah, it's an yeah. interesting case, I think, of like different artistic portrayals of a scene. Yes. Um, and like what the story was trying to convey. Because I, I think that just reading 12, like you, that was my first impression that she was used to kill all the children. But I think in light of 13, that's not the case. Yeah. That, that also shows the strength of like a weekly comic and then reading it in, in quicker succession, because I'm not sure, not cause I'm a dumbass or anything, <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> sure. I would have made, I'm not sure I would have made that connection over a week's time, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I might've actually just completely forgotten about it yeah. more, more than likely. Yeah. So, so knowing that that was a nice touch, I thought. Yeah. Right. I agree. Um, okay, so I have uh I have one and then um uh, if Vince doesn't take the second one, I'm gonna talk about that afterwards. Uh but the second one is almost as no, not almost. It has nothing to do with this issue actually. Um but I, I think that one of the nice things about the book so far has been it kind of likes to play with certain Batman tropes and have some fun with them. Like how Dick, sorry, not Dick. Tim carries bat, uh, shark repellent bat spray on him. Right, yeah. And how then Jason uses that to like in an actual situation. And I think that there's a scene towards the end of the book where Dick essentially has a backpack that just has some like snorkeling gear in it. <laughs> and I feel like that's just like a really fun way of poking like. Yes, Batman is always prepared, and he taught Dick to always be prepared, so much so that, like, he has a backpack with him sometimes that just has scuba gear in it, because why not? <laughs> and I think that's pretty fun. Nice. Although now I'm going back and looking a few issues before and seeing if they actually scuba there. Because I feel like that could have also happened. Uh-huh. They did. They did this. They scuba there. So, <laughs> that's okay. All right, Vince, bring us home. All right. All right, so... <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to say this one just because I don't think you you had it on your mind, but it's on page 11, uh, story page 11. It's uh-huh. when Mother and, is talking to Batman. Okay. And uh, and you see Batman's face on the bottom of the page. Mm-hmm. In the first of all, I think you, s- Brian, I think it was you said a few issues back that James Tynan wanted to write a character that that Meryl Streep could play Meryl Streep it yes. was well in these particular drawings for some reason mother reminded me a lot of Lucille Bluth <laughs> no <laughs> no but that's a good that's a great tie in for listeners that uh, listen to our first few yeah episodes. no I was going to say Julianne Moore from have you seen her in the Hunger Games I've seen Stephen Colbert imitate her in The Hunger Games. <laughs> okay, yeah, but she, so she's got this straight white hair, you know, and then uh-huh. like for whatever reason in these pictures, I thought, oh, that's that's the same character that that Julianne Moore plays in in The Hunger Games. Anyway, in between the two little images of Mother, there, Batman appears to be storing nuts for the winter in his, <laughs> uh, in his jowls, or else he's like he's doing that thing when when your mom is trying to lecture you and you go. <sighs> yeah. you, know, like, you know he's just right in the middle of doing that 
Um, when your mother lets you do <laughs> Why do you think I said that? Exactly. Um, then the other thing I wanted to point out was last issue I talked about how cool that cover was with like psychedelic stuff yes. you know, going on. Towards the end of this issue, Dick is being like fear toxined about Batman again. Uh-huh. You know, and he's seeing Batman as this like disgusting, long tongued bat creature, you know? Yeah. I I really like those pages when they do them and I, I almost wish there would have been more of that in in these like uh flashback sequences that we've been getting. It would have made the, it would have made two issues that were otherwise pretty dry a little more interesting to read. I agree yeah. With that. Yeah, we like we got that first page um where they're kind of just like tumbling through and there's like interesting stuff, you know, the sculptor going through like doors uh, or she like opens up a door and there's like all that stuff in the background. It would have been nice if the whole issue was kind of like told through that abstract kind of like dreamscape. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, my unrelated comment before we move on to number 13 is if you guys are holding the issue in your hands, uh, turn to the very last page, the DCU like interview section. I would have never uh, thought Lee Weeks looks like Lee Weeks. <laughs> what does that mean? He just I, I I would never have pictured the guy that draws that comic looking like this guy. That's not really? an insult to I'm him. I'm sorry. No, no, I just I just I I wouldn't have pictured him looking that way. That's all. That's not an insult. It's just you know you get like a mental image in your head of what somebody looks like, and that's not what I pictured Lee Weeks looking like. That's all. Okay. Oh, that's okay. Dan Jurgens doesn't really look like what I expect Dan Jurgens to look like. I think I expect I always expect Dan Jurgens to look more like Paul Levitz. Huh. I think everybody from that like from that era looks like a, Paul Levitz. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. I just sent out a really good tweet about that. So, so listeners, go uh, back in your timeline. Go follow go follow me on Twitter vj underscore o s t r o w s k i. There's a good Jurgens tweet. <laughs> and that's those are the gifts that keep on giving. <laughs> Jergens tweets. <laughs> uh, now I have to look it up before we go to the next uh, the next issue here. So let's let's check this out. <laughs> you said Brian. You said you, said you had a second thing. That that, was, that, ha- that hashtag has been used multiple times. Has it really? By me and by Ken Godbertson also oh, okay. from the site. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, my second thing was was that Lee Weeks looks nothing like what I thought he would look like. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Dan Jurgens looks a lot like Bob Harris to me. Maybe not a lot, but they favor each other. Uh, he looks like he's doing the um, J. Walter Weatherman, and that's why you always get Jurgens uh, <laughs> line there. And that's why you don't let me play around in actual continuity. Oh. <laughs> oh, we are devolving. That's okay. All right, let's move on to Batman and Robin Eternal, number 13. This issue was scripted by James Tynan IV with art by the great Marcio Takara. Um, yeah. This might be one of the best visual issues of the entire series. Yeah. I think it's one of the best. It's one or two for me. Yeah. I I like how I've noticed on bigger issues, especially like midpoint issues of their weekly series, they tend to pull out the bigger guns. Well, yeah, and usually artists that aren't usually on the series. Like yes. I think I remember on 
I think it was Future's End, there was a pretty important issue midway through, and they got Cully Hamner to draw it. And yeah. I think that was the only issue that he did in the whole series. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I I think it's a cool thing to kind of, like, play up the, the like, importance of really, like, big story issues or, like, really big moments in the yeah. series. Well, this is officially the halfway point. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So it begins with uh, there's an Argus shuttle going over essentially <laughs> a, uh, like, a natural disaster site. When there's so much exposition for why this site exists, <laughs> um, but that's okay. And it says there's a stowaway on board. Psych, it's Cass. She jumps out. She has this cool like bat wings thing that she's wearing. That's like a, a cape slash um, glider. And then she uh, she winds up in the nursery, which is presumably where she was once a inhabitant, along with her father. David Kane. And then we get a nice flashback, and Takara does a great job in illustrating the flashback quite differently than he illustrates the rest of the book. And so it's very clear, both by the use of color and also just the styling, when we are in flashback or not. And we see Mother just essentially manipulating these children. Uh, there's a robot, or a robot, as I'll call it, um, that features pretty prominently here as well, sort of acts as the narrator for a couple different sequences. Um, we see David uh, scolding Cass for spying on the other children. And basically he keeps saying to her, like, you're better than this. You're supposed to be different. Why are you doing this sort of stuff? Um, and sort of throughout the whole flashback, we see people telling her that she shouldn't be doing what she's doing. We see the sculptor introduce her to the concept of hugs, which was kind of a cute scene. Um, and then we get sort of a, a flashback to present day, we see Cass reprogram the robot to do her bidding, and he uh, kind of leads her along. Uh, let's see. Then she meets David, and he traps her, but she manages to uh, get out, slash he releases her, and she falls into a pit of dead kids. And this is the scene we were talking about earlier. Oh, that might be the flashback to... The old pit of dead kids. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we've seen that it once, we've seen that. it a hundred times. Um, you terrible, know, terrible. Yes. This issue was certainly better than the last, but there's a lot of expository dialogue here as well. Especially with David uh, kind of going through like why they were doing what they were doing. We kind of got this idea already, but there's just it, there's a lot of dialogue here. But <clears throat> we see um, he talks about how um, this wouldn't have happened; that mother would still have the sort of hopes and uh, ambition to work with these kids if she didn't run to Batman. And then we get a sequence of from several months ago of it's happening right during Batman Endgame, and she comes to find Bruce and gives him. Uh, all this information, and she he gives her a, uh, a jump drive to give to Dick Grayson if anything happens to him during this battle with the Joker. Um, at which point, they have a, a tender hug, um, and then Cass does the coolest thing imaginable. She uses blood to draw a bat mask on her face. 
Uh, I oh, that... The whole time I was just thinking, oh, bloodborne diseases. Oh. <laughs> yeah, leave it to the pharmacist on the podcast to uh, talk about that. But then she starts fighting uh, her father, and then we get Dick and Harper showing up with some sweet electrocution tools, and they shock the shit out of David. Then we get uh, a little projection of Mother essentially saying that the place is rigged with a thermonuclear device, um, and it's about to blow, and so, bye. And <laughs> Later! The, yeah, and that's the end of the issue. Right, did I miss anything of significance? No. Okay. Um, so, like I said, this issue is uh, certainly a beautiful-looking issue. Holy crap, it is. Yeah, it is. Especially those flashback scenes, I think. Yes. Those are... Those just look so good. Yeah. Even, like, the scene with, with Bruce and Cassie, we look at Bruce's cape, and it looks like this tattered mess, and it just... Everything is vaguely dreamlike. Because, uh-huh. you know... And, obviously, there's the Joker. It has, like, the upside-down bat signal that's also a little bit fucked up. But it just... It, it feels like a memory. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's not quite perfect. It's just slightly off. And I thought it was really great. And I, I just think I want to just give a little bit more praise to Takara here for a second. If you look at the page, um, it's, it's the half page is Bruce and Cass embracing. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom of that page is her tracing the blood on her face. If you look at, the, at that embrace and then her tracing the blood... It looks like the work of two totally different artists. It's such different. There's such stylistic diversity in Takara's work in this issue. It's really stunning. Yeah, and it's all good. I mean, it's all absolutely yes. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite page. Yeah, it's it's so cool. And um, we also should give some love to Dean White's colors because there's oh, yeah. some excellent coloring in this. issue. I didn't even realize that was this was Dean White. I didn't pay attention. He's He's like one of my favorite colorists, He's I great. think. Yeah. Um, so definitely deserve some props there. Um, but what else do you guys think about the issue? I thought it was like, like <laughs> for for fans of Sandra Kane, like I don't know. I'll probably get yelled at by Tumblr, but <laughs> uh, I, I think this is like as good of an issue as you could have hoped for. I mean, it's like a star making issue. Yeah. She's awesome in it. And it's all about her. And it's kind of what we've been waiting for since the new 52 started, as far as she's concerned, you know? Yeah. I I would say that this issue does in one issue, what it took Batman eternal, an entire series to do for Steph Brown. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Totally. And also, I would love to have an ongoing Cassandra Kane book drawn by Takara. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I think that's, that's the obvious. Have, that's the obvious takeaway from this issue. Yeah. Why, that's all, why don't that's you think it'll the... happen? <laughs> yeah. When uh, when when I rub uh, a pile of children's blood on my face in the shape oh, of a gosh. <laughs> only then. Yeah. Uh, Zach, any any particular things stand out to you? Any particular insights? Um, I'm trying to think. No, you know, I 
as I was going through the issue, I thought it was interesting. As I was going through the issue, I like started nitpicking at things like um, like early in the issue we see David talking to Cass and I thought, wait a minute, I thought that he didn't talk to her. That that was one of the whole things, like um, you know, how he trained her without words so that she like movement would be her language. Right. But then like one page later, there's like the bit of dialogue with the sculptor where she's like, Oh, we're just now teaching you language. So I was like, yeah. Oh well, <laughs> you know I thought it was you know, I, that's just maybe not like the best way to present it. It was pretty like you know matter it was kind of like telling rather than showing but you know it was nice to like cover that base you know mm-hmm. you know yeah. like you know well it, well told or or well crafted i guess um rather Keep, keeping those like threads straight um yeah you know like i don't think it was like I think kind of like you guys have said that the the story wasn't that you know relevatory or or you know groundbreaking or anything but the art was just fantastic and it is like the definitive cast issue so far which which is awesome. So here's a question for you guys. Based on the last two issues, this issue and the one before are we supposed to believe that Cass was supposed to be Bruce's Robin? That's what I thought. It suggests uh, there's definitely a history suggested there that seems to be pretty significant. Well, I you know I thought that, but then they like Bruce was saying that he wanted to go like and be present take- at the birth. Yeah. He wanted to catch yeah. the placenta for his <laughs> new Robin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you Which... know he's going to feed it to Bat Cow. Exactly. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't don't mention Bat Cow. Uh, Shane Davis might get real upset. Oh, God. Um, anyway, Ugh. I feel like, though, uh, <laughs> you're right, Zach. It, it doesn't seem like that because we learned that she's not one of Mother's regular kids. Uh-huh. And so it seems like it seems like she was going to like give Bruce her finest and she's not and Cass is not considered by mother one of the finest. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere along the way well, I I don't know. I yeah. What it remains to be seen, I suppose. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. What are your one things? Um. Well, I'll go first this time, I guess. I there's you know the the flashback Gotham several months ago with with Batman and Cass on the on the by that gargoyle with the upside down bat signal and all that. Um, I just like what that kind of suggests about their relationship, you know, and. I hope we get to see more of that because um, it's a pretty powerful moment. But if you consider the new 52 itself, this is like the only time they've ever spent together, you know? Yeah. That we're aware of. Right. Exactly. So this like big emotional moment with Batman, um, it worked really well, I thought, but I would like to see more of that 
played out, whether in flashbacks or something, you know? Yeah. But but I just really liked what that, that entire scene... I liked the way they executed it. I liked that it suggested a greater story going on, you know? It was a flashback to a very specific time and place. Yes. With the even Joker it, on the loose. Even though it just says yeah. several months ago. <laughs> yeah, right. But 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 they set it up as a situation where, like, oh, the Joker's here. Batman is clearly messed up right now. Um, and here's Cass, you know, and and she's in a moment of fear, you know, and uncertainty. And it plays really nicely with the what she learned about hugs earlier in the issue. So yes, that oh, isn't that great that that's like the it's like the moral of the issue is learning to hug. Yeah, there needs to it, be it's more it's of a that. perfect contrast to. You know, pit of dead children. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll end it there. Zach, you, Zach, go ahead. Um, so I guess this really isn't so much an observation, but in light of this issue, I'm curious to see what you guys think about who who do you see as like more worthy of being Bruce's like if. If we were to pick a new sidekick for Bruce coming out of this, who do you think is better, more worthy, Cass or Harper? I think I I, I really like the idea of like Cass and Batman being more partners, and then Dick and Harper being partners. I'll co-sign that. I like that partnerships. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'll co-sign that. That's good. I, I wouldn't even be opposed to two Batman and two new Robin. You know, like... Oh, like, then we could have Batman and Robin war. We could. Oh. We, we could have Batman and Batman and Robin and Robin. <laughs> and Harry, Ted, and Alice. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so my my one thing is has nothing to do with this issue, actually. It Well, it does. It, it was suggested by the issue, but... So, you know how Cass gives Bruce that list of names, or Bruce gives Cass the list of names to give to Dick? And we have these th- this list, and we're, pres- we're asked to presume that those are all, that all those names are connected somehow, right? Uh-huh. Are we led to believe those are all mother's children? I thought that was what was originally being suggested, but now I'm not so sure. Because what I was going to say was... That would mean that Dick Grayson was purchased by his parents to to be like their perfect child, and I, I think right. that's a bridge too far. Yeah, I wonder if it's more likely anyone that has connections to I don't know any anyone that has connections to buyers and sellers or something like that, you know. Because you're right, like to to believe that all the youth in Batman and Robin history came from mother, except for Damien. <laughs> that's that is that's more than a bridge too far. That's a galaxy <laughs> too far. In my far opinion. far away, far far away. Yeah. Boy, that Force Awakens was great, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, do you think that do you think that that's likely that it's a list of people that Batman has a known connection with 
perhaps. I don't know, but what, then why is Jean-Paul Valley on there? Yeah. Was Because he showed up a few issues ago. Or did we... Are we certain that he's one of Mother's children? I don't remember. No, but he's 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 leading that church on Bane Island or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite Troy, Troy McClure movie. <laughs> the church on Bane Island. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what if we find out later that the Batman that gave Harper the list wasn't that Batman? It was Batman from the future who got sent back in time because of a god bullet no it wasn't the god bullet it was the omega sanction omega sanction yeah (laughs) so that list was just the list that bruce knew they would need to see the that list of names in order for everything to happen the way it was supposed to happen your surprise writer because of of time travel robin eternal is yes uh so so anyway so 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 my question is just about the list and sort of what the list signifies you know, now I I guess I hadn't really thought about it, but in light of some of the more recent stuff, it doesn't quite hold up that those are mother's children. Um, it's just a those... huge plot hole, you guys. That's all. They're just gonna get to the end, and they'll never. <laughs> it. Oh man, we'll have to get Tanyan back on, and <laughs> if that's the case, and give him grief. Yeah. No, it really is. It really is strange, though, because like. Yeah, it's too coincidental to have all their names on it, you know, and have them all be mother's children. But at the same time, like, what else, what other purpose does it serve? Why, we already know that mother is trying to track down, isn't she trying to track down her creations and destroy them? Well, yeah. I thought it was kind of implied here that they're all sleeper agents. And that she can just, like, snap her fingers and get them to do what she wants including if he if she was like kill yourself they would yeah i don't know man i yeah i'm I interested think... to see how it shakes out yeah definitely well i think that's a good place to wrap this up right yeah yeah All right uh, thanks for listening. Uh, forgive us our week off. Uh, Christmas time is a busy time for all of us, and uh, Zach was traveling, and uh, Vince was seeing The Force Awakens. Uh, Once only. <laughs> no, he was seeing it after after the rest of us had, had, had gotten to see it because he was being a very good fiancé <laughs> to his lady, uh, and I was uh, panicking because... Somebody else bought my daughter the same Teen Titans Go toys oh, that, no. that, that, quote, Santa was bringing her. Oh. Luckily, we opened that gift the night before Christmas Eve, so we were able to go out and get something else to replace it, but it, there was, there was, it was touch and go there for a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you can, of course, find us all at multiversitycomics.com. You can follow us all on Twitter. Vince gave his handle before, but what's that handle again, Vince? Uh, VJ underscore O-S-T. R O W S K I. Hashtag you got Jurgens. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Zach, you are? I'm at, uh, at Sir Fox89. And I am Brian Nitanap. So until next week. Uh, May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. There we May go. the Force be with you.